Hello, welcome back to the Waffle Press Movie Retrospectives. We're here to talk about the fifth entry in the Halloween franchise. Uh, only the fourth <laughs> entry to include Michael Myers. <laughs> are starting to get weird already. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, and I would go as far to say that this is the worst in the series up to this point. Maybe to date, uh, because it's uh, it's pretty boring. And... Um. I want to give a formal apology really quick to Halloween 2 and Halloween 4 mm-hmm. because those do absolutely have uh, little touches and moments and sequences that are kind of fun. And Halloween 4 does have an amazing ending, mm-hmm. which is not capitalized on in this movie. No, that, that's the first <laughs> mistake. Um, yeah, I'd like to maybe give a shout out to Halloween 4, which I think I was a little like, like dragging my feet on. Um, because honestly, the, the big thing... For me, at least watching it, it felt like Halloween 4 was made with, like, almost no money. And this movie had slightly more money. And it's amazing how much better Halloween 4 is with less money. And I think I was responding more to the cheap feel of Halloween 4 um, than I was to actual story and actual, you know, characters... Um, which honestly, you know, there's good, there's actually good character moments in Halloween four and they are completely absent from Halloween five. Uh, oh, you know what? Uh, there is like one thing, uh, that I like, but w- we'll get to it because it's very minimal and it's, it, it's not a big point in the movie, but, uh, some point of references for the quality in this entry. Uh, I'm pretty sure I cut this from the episode we were, when we were talking about it last time. But uh, I talked to you about the Puppet Master series on and off air uh, <laughs> a couple times about how I'm a fan of that franchise and how um, the filmmaking itself, like the direction, the staging, the, the energy behind it, the best versions of those movies don't feel cheap. The filmmaking is never, ne- never feels cheap. The budget is, obviously. But uh, Halloween 5 reminds me a lot of the, uh, the really, really bad Puppet Master movies where there's just no energy behind it. Uh, they started making a lot of money because it's a straight-to-video franchise, and for those things to ever make money in the first place, uh, it's hard to do. And they just kind of kept chugging along, uh, and there's nothing to them apart from brand name recognition. Uh, that's that's Halloween 5. And can we just mention, like, what the fuck? Who is this loyal Puppet Master fan base? I have no like, idea. <laughs> like, who is sticking to those? That's what's weird to me. It's... I don't know. I'm, I'm glad they, they kept them through because I like some of those quite a bit. But, like, oh, my God. The only God. one that's stranger like, is, like, the fact there's, like, nine Children of the Corn movies. What? Yeah, there's, like, a ton of Children of the Corn movies. Um, <laughs> I know there's there's at least upwards of six because they did Children of the Corn 666. Oh, well, well that's kind of clever. But, like, also, what the fuck? Yeah, it's... And they're, none of them are good. Like, there's not a single good Children of the Corn film. Like, even the first one is not, like, a good movie. Uh, so I don't know where that... I can't, is there a stranger, like, fan base? Maybe the Amityville films, because all of those are bad, too. But is there a, a series of Amityville horror movies? Yeah, there's, like... I would say there's, like, six Amityville films. What? what? I, I'm finding out so much today. There's Amity, There's the original. There's Amityville Part 2. I think it's Part 2. They're always fucking Part 2. <laughs> Amityville 3D. 
Um, one of them is called uh, Amityville. It's about time because it's a it's a fucking. I think it's a time travel film. Oh, oh god. <laughs> um, then there's like the Amityville Dollhouse. Uh... And I think I'm missing one. And then there's the remake of Amityville. And those movies are terrible because no one, nothing happens in any of them. Because it's supposed to be a true story, right? So you can't ever kill anyone. <laughs> so, like, no one dies. Like, at most, like, people just get really annoyed. And then the movies end. And then you get the spin-off films, which are the Conjuring franchise. Which, which you're a, a very big fan of. Oh, yeah. I'm glad when you take complete frauds and promote them like they're actual people with, you know, skills. That's just disgusting to me. That, that was actually a talking point I had in uh, the Halloween panel I had at LA Comic Con, so check that out. Uh, like, like, how much can you really get into into that? Like, like you should recognize that that, that stuff has basically all been, like, defrauded. Leave this in. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> okay. The funniest thing is they brought Ed and Lorraine Warren to the uh, Amityville house. And the, the people that wrote the Amityville story saying it was true, the couple that stayed there never admitted it was fake, but the guy who co-wrote it with him said... Yeah, we made it up over a bottle of wine. So, but they brought Ed and Lorraine Warren to give some like validity to all their stuff. And Ed and Lorraine Warren were like, "Oh, it's all true. We saw so much shit. All this crazy shit happened." And then another psychic was brought in. <laughs> another, not a psychic, a paranormal investigator, and he came in and said, "The Amityville house isn't haunted." <laughs> and this is a guy who believes in like crop circles. And Mothman. <laughs> and he came in and he's like, I can't, he's like, like, it's hysterical. He's like, morally, I can't support this because I be truly believe in the paranormal. <laughs> and it's just, this is, the, the Warrens are uh, insult to my investigation. Oh, well, hey, Mothman is real and he hopes you're having a great day. Mothman's in all of us. <laughs> That's like my favorite Twitter account right now. <laughs> Uh, Mothman's real and he loves you. Well, that's Halloween 5. Yeah, good night, everyone. Help me, help me, no! We both know he's alive. But you know where he is! Halloween 5. This time, they're ready. This time, he's unmasked. And this time, he's back with a vengeance. Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. Well, because Halloween 4 was such a hit, and they rushed this into production. This was released exactly one year after Halloween 4, which was a mistake. Yeah. Um, because they were constantly rewriting the film while they were filming it. Uh, which is totally noticeable. <laughs> like, uh, a lot of big-budget movies nowadays kind of get made like that. Uh, some of them actually pull it off, but it's not like uh, a blueprint to success, you know? When it works, it's because you got a lot of people that are working together, uh, they believe in the property and the project. Everything has to be firing all cylinders. Uh, Jean Favreau infamously uh, basically did Iron Man on the fly, along with the, the creative team. Everyone made it work. Uh, they did that for Iron Man 2, and uh, it's less successful. I, I don't think it's, like, the worst one of the bunch, like, by far. Iron Man 2 has just got way too much going on in it. Yeah, yeah, it's a very messy movie. But uh, people pretty much agree that 
you know, it's, it's not great. It's not not up to par. It's, it's hard to pull off a production like that. Like it's just like imagine if Iron Man two came out a year after Iron Man. Yeah, it's close. It's only two years after. And it's also your goal shouldn't be to make a movie like this. You shouldn't be making it this quickly. Like logically, if we live in a world where capitalism has been defeated and you go to make a movie, you go, let's make sure the script is good and then we'll start filming. And then we'll, no, then we start planning on how we film it. Then we film it and then we edit it. It's really, you, if you, you need pre-production. Pre-production is probably the most important stage to a movie. The longer the pre-production, the more likely the film is going to work, unless you're the Hobbit films. <laughs> oh, well, that's, just, that, that's, that's a different sort of pre-production. That was, we're just trying to get it made by this point. Like, the only one they were going to sign off on was Peter Jackson. That's literally, we, we spent three years in pre-production and then threw all of it out. Yeah. And that didn't change the release dates. So that's where something I will credit positively up to this point, because we don't know what the final production is going to look like. Uh, James Cameron Avatar series. He took his time to make sure every little ounce of story was checked out by him, co-written by him. Like he's really led the pre-production charge for basically a decade by this point. Uh, and it, it could be a monumental disaster, but you cannot say that he is not someone who's taken it seriously. Yeah, and like, just here, here's the thing. Like, I don't get, I don't give a fuck about Avatar. I own it, and I can't ever bring myself to sit down to rewatch it. Like, it's a bet. It's just not a good movie. But I am so excited for those sequels, just because it's like, what is it gonna <laughs> be? Like, even if it's like, it could be the blandest sequel ever, and it would still be interesting. <laughs> just because, like, it's James Cameron, and he's like a fucking maniac. Yeah, it's. Like I said, don't bet against James Cameron. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, you never know. I don't know what's going to happen there. You know, it'd be like a bummer if they were like, oh my God, this is on par with like Titanic and Terminator and Aliens. And then no one goes to watch it. So it's like the reverse of That's what I, I'm afraid is going to happen. Like he's like totally reinvented. Like it's a deconstruction of the original film with also like a meta narrative that the original film had. It's like comment, commentating on how culture has changed in the decades since its original release. And it's like so good. And then like no one sees it because no one gives a fuck anymore. <laughs> um, but I mean, hey, you slap James Cameron on it. And I think more people than not will somehow wind up in the theater for it and be like, how did yeah. I get here? It'll be but, one of those nah, things. I mean, if people turned out for Venom, I like I, I clearly don't know what people are going to pay to see. Yeah. Like, no one went to see The House with the Clock in Its Walls. It was just me. <laughs> and me. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it, too. Like, no, no, I'm not going to say it's, like, the best thing ever, but um, I enjoyed it. And I'm like, that, to me, when that was announced, even though, like, it's nothing special, I'm like, that should be a movie everyone like, kind of goes out to see. More, more kid-friendly horror. Yeah. I, I, I Kid-friendly, like, fa like, I love fantasy adventures with kids and shit, and it was just, like... Ooh, like I just I don't get it. Like and Venom just looked like the most generic thing ever. And I, I guess you can make a lot of great fan art based on it. But oh, oh boy, and they know their audience. Yeah. Like their their Twitter account is just like leaning directly into that. Like like two yeah. tongues up. And uh, 
other implications. Hey, no, whatever. Hey. That's the best thing I can think of for that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I always th- honestly, I think I've maybe said this on show. I think fan art is usually the best evidence of cultural staying power. Yeah, but, and, and somehow Venom, Venom sticking around. Yeah, they, expect at least two more of those. Well, I mean, Venom in general has always been like that because I don't get that character. Because he fucking sucks. That's why. It's like he's just black. He's just a black suit. Yeah, and Tom Hardy keeps playing like generic '90s villains, like Bane. Yeah, there's nothing to him in the comics, but he made him like interesting in his physical performance. Venom sucks, but it's fun to watch Tom Hardy do a line of cocaine. Like he doesn't do it in the movie, but like there's no way he didn't do cocaine at some point on set. It's, so uh, yeah, good good for you, Tom Hardy. Yeah. Um. Well. Anyway, right, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Do you 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 are familiar with the uh, what was the Mustafa Kad? Mustafa Kad. Uh, uh, do you know what he said in regards to to making Halloween Five? Uh, Jamie, the making Jamie the killer after I don't know. I don't know what he said actually. Okay, because everyone presumed that was the plan. That's the natural progression of the story. Mm-hmm. And he said basically, no one wants to see anybody but Michael Myers in this franchise. They want to see Michael Myers be the killer again. So he has to be the killer. So we'll just make her like another victim again. And everyone was like, huh? Are, are you sure? And well, like, yeah, I don't know. We can bring him back, but. Uh... I'll be honest. I don't know what you do with a sequel to this, to Halloween 4. Like, like that's a great ending. And I don't know where you go with it. <laughs> um. You know, like, cause she, cause honestly, you really can't just make her the killer. Like, that would just be a little weird. But it would be out there. Um, and like, I just don't see if there's enough. It's to me that's the weird thing with. Oh God, I keep getting off topic today. I'm sorry, but like, Unbreakable, the ending to Unbreakable, like the whole series is there. Like, you don't need more with that ending. You know. Hmm. Um, the way that, I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it, because it's, um, although I guess now that they know there's a sequel on the way, everyone knows how that fucking movie ends. <laughs> but, like, I'm just saying, like, the whole, what is gonna happen in the future of these two characters is all there in that moment without us seeing it. Like, it's all implied. Or it's kind of like the Joker at the end of The Dark Knight, where he says, we're destined to do this forever, even though that's not what happens in the film series. Aww. But that is very much what happens, you know, and kind of like the the whole idea of Batman. Like, everyone knows Batman versus Joker. And that they've always been villains. I mean, always been, like, anti- like against each other. Man, I'm fucking... Antagonist yeah, is I, right I can't word. put my fucking words together today. No, no, no. This, this movie took a toll on everyone, so... But I'm just saying, like, you don't need more. And so it's weird to me that, like, now we're getting a sequel to Unbreakable. Where, like, to me, it's it's one of those, like... Unless it's a perfect movie, I really don't want it. And again, unless Halloween 5 was going to be a perfect movie, I wouldn't want a Halloween 5. And there was no one had any intention of making a perfect movie. They wanted to make the same movie again. And they just kind of had to pick up the pieces of the last one, and they didn't know what to do with any of them. Yeah. um, Both Dawn of the Pleasants and uh, Danielle Harris would also disagree with the uh, the direction this movie took mm-hmm. because they both wanted her to become like a, 
her her her, her devil they wanted to explore her devolution into becoming someone like Michael Myers. That that's the route they wanted to go. Uh, how they would have done that, I don't know. But apparently, the the first draft was mm-hmm. written by someone named Shem Bitterman, and it was that direction. And after uh, Mustafa Khad was like, no, 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 we can't do that. Uh, Are you Myers sure it ever got further than a first draft? No, no. no. I mean, because the thing is, like, like seriously, one year after Halloween Four, this was released. Like, so you're not even talking like, and th- so they made this movie in less than a year. Yeah, there was no like like proof that this would have ever been a good movie, but it could have been like an interesting failure, mm. as we will uh, see across uh, a few of these other sequels that we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, holy fuck. But it, it's to me, it's just, this movie had no chance when they decided they had to do it within a year. That's the, the Achilles heel of this film. Because um, it's, it's not a, it's not Friday the 13th. It's not, a Nightmare on Elm Street. Even Nightmare on Elm Street kind of needs more than a lot of those films ever use, like especially the later ones. Yeah, where at least like the kills are always cool, but uh, the stories just aren't there. Um, and this, like, you really needed to rethink what to do with this franchise. And they they already have cold feet of taking it in weird directions because Halloween three. Um, underperformed and was not received well when it had no Michael Myers. So that's why Akkad was probably like, I don't want to do it without Myers. Um, yeah. It's very unfortunate that, that that was the producer's line of thought because uh, originally, how we talked about like in Halloween, the Halloween 4 episode, like uh, Michael Myers basically needs to be flesh and blood. People need to feel his presence as a human being while also being an unstoppable killing machine for the franchise. And you can't reconcile those two ideas, and it just comes across as like funky and odd. And and here he's just like, <laughs> "Well, we can't do it without Michael Myers." But this is the time people would have been game for that. Finally, you still hear producers today saying the same weird contradiction where Michael Myers is an unstoppable force, but he's also human. Yeah, <laughs> I, I keep hearing that from like all the people involved in the recent Halloween one, and I'm like. I feel like that's just marketing speak because it's like people when they go like, I'm scared of Michael Myers because he's a real person. And then he's never been a real person. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and then even after, uh, but like the way people talk about Michael Myers is that he's like flesh and blood. And that was what makes him scary by that point. Because like the end of Halloween, he's everywhere Mm -hmm. by that point. Like he, he's in all uh, an encompassing evil. Like every little shadow in these movies is is Michael Myers basically like he's everywhere uh so that idea is just ridiculous to me and then you have the problem with audiences I mean they can't accept the idea that he exists in like this weird because really the the truth is Michael Myers exists as both human and non-human simultaneously you know and and like what do you mean by that you know, and then it's like, ah, it doesn't matter. It's like, it doesn't matter. But, like, there are people in this world that can't accept that. And they are the people that sometimes go to these movies and go, like, that was dumb. And are like, to go, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I saw, I've seen the new one in theaters a few times. <laughs> and uh, I, one of the audiences with those, like, people walking out of the theater and they were like, man, I just hate movies where people make dumb decisions. And I'm like, did you watch the fucking movie? Like... <laughs> I don't know why, like, I guess what I'm saying is I don't know what the smart play is in terms of making both a good movie 
and a profitable movie. Maybe there's no way to do that. Maybe it's like the Batman v Superman problem <laughs> where it can't be like art. It can't have any artistic weight to it and be a franchise starter at the same time. <laughs> and those two ideas destroy themselves trying to coexist. Yeah. And then I end up like liking it in the long run, but also being like, yeah, that was a bad idea. Oh, like, like, whoever greenlit that, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> Did you think Donald Pleasance was uh, like tired by this point? He looks a little tired, but this is, honestly, I think that he's the saving grace of this movie. Because this is the movie where he goes full tilt crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, he has been crazy. Two, he's running around yelling at people. <laughs> pulling his gun out, taking people hostage. Uh, and four, four ends with him screaming at a young girl and pointing a gun at her. <laughs> Which is the greatest thing ever. And this ends with him, like, completely out of his mind. Like, he is never even, like, close to reality in this film. <laughs> but I want to save that, because that's the climax of this. Yeah, yeah. We, we, should, we should start at the very beginning, which is a very good place to start. You know what annoyed me right off the bat? Uh, the opening credits... It just kind of, it just kind of starts goes like Halloween five and you hear like a knife stab into a pumpkin or something. It's trying to be like a very artsy opening, and then that stabbing slowly transitions into the Halloween theme, and then we get a recap of the ending of Halloween four, and it was just awkward. I I kind of like the idea of the stabbing noise transitioning into the Halloween theme, but the way it's done is like awful. I kind of do, but like. May, this is this is also a fault of the fact that I we've just seen the new Halloween at the time oh, of yeah. this, and that they brought Carpenter back, and he adds a lot of great shit to that score. I, I maybe it's just the composers either weren't allowed or weren't daring enough to take the score in different directions, so it just ends up being that do 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 do, and there's nothing more to it, and it doesn't work in all the scenes. Like at the end, they show that. They show the ending of Halloween 4 where, where Michael Myers is shotgunned to death and then falls down a mine shaft and they blow him up. That the whole time there was another way out and he got out and fell into a river. And they awkwardly start playing the theme as he just floats like a lazy guy down the river. I hated that. That was like such an awkward that. use of that music with that image. He's like, like by this point, he's there's no humanity. Like there's no interesting perspective you could approach with that character on like uh on how maybe they were human at some point and he's just like this demon basically and you're watching him kind of just like do, 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 yeah. float down the Woo. river like like what the like, fuck is that like how far we've fallen <laughs> it's going the lazy river um but we should note that i should mention uh the the entire reopening of this movie was reshot uh, oh uh there originally he was going to float down the river and run into uh he runs into a homeless man or something he almost looks like a river man <laughs> like yeah. it's like a hermit or like, something like a but mark like... twain like guy who lives along the river he's gonna help huck finn out <laughs> <laughs> uh he has like a bird <laughs> it's so stupid <laughs> but in the original version michael myers gets found by another like a younger guy and who's also like a hermit, um, but it's like a younger hillbillier looking type guy who like takes off the mask and brings Michael Myers back to his hut. And he performs some sort of ritual and is the one who puts this 
tattoo, uh, this rune um, symbol on Michael Myers' uh, wrist. Uh, this guy does that. Um, and I guess it was supposed to be like, this is how Michael Myers has revived. Like, he's basically, he dies at the end. And then he is brought back to life in the original cut um, through magic. Like, literal magic brings him back. Jesus Christ. Um, and then a year later, he gets up and kills the guy and then goes out. Um, this time he ends up with this hermit who takes him in. And then presumably just lets him lay around for a full year. <laughs> that was confusing. Did you pick up on that? Yeah. I, like, what was he doing in that time? Yeah, what did he eat? Like, what did he drink water? Like, also, if you like, like, I, I, I know it's wrong to bring like real world logic in with Michael Myers, but like your muscles would atrophy, man. <laughs> <laughs> You can't do that. And it's just stupid to think that this guy, like, never reached out to someone. Or, like, didn't, like, start doing, like, a Weekend at Bernie's type thing with, like, what he thinks is a corpse. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Like, there's a whole year this guy spent with a catatonic Michael Myers, and it's never explained. Um, Because they cut that original scene for reasons I don't know why. Maybe they they wanted to remove the overtly magic stuff. Uh, no, but for some reason they changed it. Yeah, uh, and it's not like they shied away from like, oh no, that's that, that's a lie. Never mind. They uh they do shy away. From yeah, they that just throw they it in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get to that. Um, and we cut to now Jamie Lloyd, the little girl who killed her stepmother, at the end. Uh, she's now in a clinic and she keeps having nightmares of the murder she committed. Um, and it we eventually find out she has some sort of psychic connection with Michael Myers. And she has, when Michael Myers first wakes up on the eve of Halloween a year later and puts the mask on and kills the homeless dude, uh, Jamie has a, like a, a seizure and the doctors like they rush her in and they almost give her a trach. Um, and then out of nowhere, <laughs> shambling into this film <laughs> is Dr. Loomis. <laughs> And he's like, no, don't, she'll come out of it. And, like, the girl's, like, violently, like, thrashing. <laughs> like, she's on the verge of swallowing her own tongue. And she's like, no, she'll be fine. And did you catch what the doctor s- said? He said, I see you still want this girl dead. <laughs> <laughs> Which means that after that murder and after the girl was taken to this clinic, he petitioned... <laughs> To have this girl executed. <laughs> that's what that's implying. <laughs> so that's the beginning of Dr. Loomis. Well, I was about to ask, like, because there's no way that he fully believes that, like, oh, yeah, she'll come out of it. Like, is he trying to convince them to let her I die? I think he might be. Like, what does he think happened? Like, this hasn't, has this happened? Like, I know she has, they say she's had nightmares before, but this seems to be, like, a new thing. Yeah, because uh, like like uh, a nightmare transitioning into a full blown seizure is not like something to be like. Oh, well, they'll be fine. Although uh, one thing in it is uh, when she starts having the seizure, the nurse that like oversees her goes into like complete panic mode, and she's like, "Jamie, Jamie, come on, Jamie!" And it's like, "Are you a do- like who lets you work here? Like you're you are. This is the time when you have to be calm." <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, you're not supposed to lose it at this moment. We need you to stay level-headed. Like, doctors are supposed to be like, like, you're, you could be fucking, like, your head could be falling off and they're supposed to remain calm. <laughs> like, also, Jamie wrote on her chalkboard, um, he's coming for me. Was that ever brought up again? I don't know if anyone even notices it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just for the audience. It's just and for the like, audience. We're aware by that point. Well, I, I have to be honest, I had to pause the movie to see that that's what it said, because it's, like, only on screen for, like, half a second. So, I, I had to, like, maybe it had more in, like, the original edit, and they changed it. Again, you have to remember, they were rewriting this movie constantly while they were filming it. Um, and so there's a lot of stuff that feels disconnected. Uh, so, I guess that's a good time to mention that since murdering her stepmother and ending up in the clinic, Jamie Lloyd is now completely mute. She doesn't speak. Um, which... I, I hate this. I don't know. I'm not totally against it. Um, I'm against the entire premise, I guess. But it's like, you know, Michael Myers became mute after killing his sister, so I guess they were trying to make like some sort of overlap, you know? It was like she's in the beginning stages of turning into him. Um, but it, again, it doesn't go anywhere. It's, it's just a thing in it. Also, we should know she had a brain monitor on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what the fuck? Like, what, what was it? What was that doing? <laughs> like, that's the thing. This was directed by a guy, um, named, I think Dominique Girard. Um, he's a French director and I'm guessing he's like an artistic type director of some kind. <laughs> Because there's a lot of, like, dream logic in a film, and it never earns that dream logic badge. <laughs> like, I could see this in, like, like, a, like, Suspiria or something like that. Someone's got, like, a, like, or like an Argento film, like, some weird pseudoscience. It actually kind of reminded me of, like, Exorcist 2. Do you remember Exorcist 2 as a device that lets you, like... I've never seen Exorcist 2. You should check it out. It's okay. really bad. And it's, like, two and a half hours long. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so it's no Exorcist 3. Oh, it's no Exorcist 3. It could have been a good film, but it's, like, just a fucking mess. Uh, and... But there's a device in it that lets people, like, share dreams. Well, that's kind of interesting. Um, it's not as interesting as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's in that movie. And that, it kind of reminded me of the device she had on her head. But again, it's like why and it never it never comes up there's not like a scene where someone looks at it and goes like you see here at at eight o'clock we saw a uptick in whatever in rapid eye movement or something in rem and uh it just it's like just a thing that they show in it. and there's a lot of scenes like that where it gets like dream logic like weird can't like really like oh dream like we're floating along kind of like got a bit of a ramy cam thing going down or like we end up in a basement and it goes like full gothic horror but it never earns like that being okay <laughs> yeah it just kind of like veers into that after being like overlit uh really drab to look at N not exciting kills either like like that's not entirely related faceless but I might as well just bring it up now completely faceless supporting cast and exactly no narrative thrust yeah, there's nothing to, like, the actual story of the movie. Like, Michael Myers escapes again. He's back, uh, and... And that's it. Presumably, he's after Jamie, but he makes no effort to find her. 
Yeah, because like the first hour of the movie, roughly, he's killing like a bunch of other horny teenagers yeah, in just Haddonfield. Killing, yeah, just killing teenagers. And that's it. And um, speaking of the uninteresting kills part, I guess there was conflict on the set about the director really wanted the movie to be more violent and the producer wanted to pull back. So I think they shot a lot of the deaths more violently than they were and then they were edited out in post-production. Um, at least mm. from what I understand. Um, and because uh, I know like, I know at one point, it's still kind of in the movie, uh, the little girl when she's like running away from Michael Myers at the end was going to get like cut in the leg when he's like stabbing through that uh, like air conditioning unit. And they cut the part where she actually gets stabbed but if you watch after that, she's always got a limp. Um, and she's got a cut on her leg. Uh, so okay, it, yeah, yeah, that makes more sense. There's a lot of moments where there's like breaks like that, or they cut away just as a kill is about to get slightly more violent. Um, you know, there's a couple moments like that in this movie. Yeah, there's one that's pretty brutal, but it's not like fun. Yeah, there's no fun kills in it. Yeah. Um, part of it is that you don't give a fuck about any of the people in it at all. Yeah. Um. I brought this up earlier. Uh, I like that they brought back her uh, her step sibling, and then she dies immediately. It's, it's all, is, how yeah. her character is treating this. I don't. I, I can't. I don't want to just say like, oh, she got written out. Like that happens tons of times in horror films. Like like the entire supporting cast of Nightmare Three gets killed in like the opening of Nightmare Four. <laughs> oh, I hated that. Yeah, uh, that might just be because I love Dream Warriors. But, like, who thought that was a good idea? I don't know. I don't know why it's a thing, because, like, clearly they could get this actress back. Yeah, and she wanted to come back, so, like... Yeah. Why? I don't know why. why. They end up giving, like, the protector role to her friend. And that's the thing I wanted to bring up. I like that moment where she visits Jamie in the institution. Mm-hmm. There's clearly, like, a uh, like a real loving companionship relationship there. There's an honestly great moment where... Uh, Rachel kind of wakes up and Jamie wakes up and Jamie kind of points out that she's got like that her uh, like eyeliner or mascara or whatever the fuck is like kind of running um, which implies that Rachel showed up sometime late that lat- last night and has been with her all night you know yeah it's a nice it's a nice little touch um, she's pretty loyal though to a girl who killed her mother <laughs> yeah uh, which is never I, I, I don't know what that's about it's never addressed in fact I got confused, so, like, someone, I, I tried looking up stuff, and it seemed to confirm what I thought, but it's so weird because of how this movie treats it. Uh, Rachel was the biological child of those two parents, right? Yeah. And then Jamie was the adopted child. But later, Rachel mentions her parents in, like, the present tense. She's like, oh, if my parents let me. And, and. <laughs> and Rachel shows no signs of any sort of, you know, damage from the events of the previous film. She seems to be like a happy teenager again. And I'm like, did they just forget that she's supposed to be related to, like, the victims of the last film? <laughs> like, did they just totally, like, forget that? Like, they, honest to God, just might have. And then they were just like, fuck it, we'll make money. And then it also it didn't, didn't. It didn't work. I think it's the lowest earning of all the Halloween films. Um, including six, which is fucking saying something. <laughs> um, but uh, we should say uh, there's that touching moment with Rachel and Jamie. 
and then fucking coming barreling into the film is Tina fucking literally like I... breaking in through the window. <laughs> you know why I kind of like this character? That actress has an energy that no one else is allowed to have in this movie. Like, she's not, she's not great. I'm not throwing shade at the actress, and I feel like she probably got a lot of shit over the years. Like, she's not one you see at, like, fan conventions too often. Aww. Um, and But, like, her character, honestly, her character is written, like, how I think men's rights activists view women. Like, you know? Yeah. Oh, or, like, yeah. dudes, like, dudes who are, like, or what's the, the incelibate, what are they called? Incels? Incels? Yeah. <laughs> well, because it's, like, like they're right Holy you know, shit. Like, women are idiots, and they just want to have sex. And they they have sex with other good-looking people, and I can't have that sex. I can't possess these dumb women who I clearly have no respect for because I have, like, because I look slightly out of the norm. If Gilbert Gottfried can get married, you have no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, you might just be an asshole, man. Yeah, like, you might have the problem. Or, or to, to bring it back to Jordan Peterson really quick... <laughs> He tweeted out recently about, like, women only make up then 10% of my viewing demographics. Why? And then everyone was responding just like, okay. Who really? fucking knows? I can't, like. I can't tell you, man. <laughs> That's a shocker. Can you believe it? Maybe telling women to stay in their place maybe isn't something women want to hear. But you know what I'm saying, right? Oh, no, 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 totally. Like, especially, uh, there's a sequence in a car later that is just mm. brutal to watch. And not, like, because it's a kill scene, the scene is just awful. I fast-forwarded over that scene. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I I got up and got coffee. Yeah, it's so in the long. Of it, and it was still going on. And I was just like, And also, why? it's not, like, there's no reveal. <laughs> like, And she just drives off with him. Yeah. And it's just, like, <laughs> like, like I, I don't understand. What the fuck? But I want to say, Tina is written bad, but all the women are written bad in this. Um, including Rachel, who is written completely different than how she was in the previous film. Like, this, her death and the entire build-up to it is fucking insulting. Ugh. Like, she is suddenly like a like ditzy girl. She's like, why is my dog barking so much? <laughs> like, she... And this it might have the most gratuitous, like, nudity, kind of. Was there actual nudity in it? Um, I don't think so. Like, not not from her. We, she's in the shower. I don't think. And if you have an HD television, you probably see more than they ever intended you to see. Oh, whoops. But, um, did that, I can't remember if that girl in the barn, like, actually got naked when they're having sex. Uh, no. You, you see the guy's butt through, like, some cracks. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank God. Um, you get, it's like that, was it that weird movie sex where somehow everyone keeps their clothes on? Yeah, exactly that. You could tell, like, the front of his pants were still up. It was just, like, the back. It was just like, oh, get it. They, they, they're, they're doing the sex. But you only see, like, a cheek. You know women always wanting to keep their shirts on during sex. Um, but. Yeah, like, like, that's just an awful sex scene, too. You don't go to Halloween movies for sex scenes, but my God. Well, that's where, like I said, I think they were trying to make this more in line with like the Friday the 13th franchise, which was literally doing one film every year at this point. 
Yeah, and that boom was dying off by that point. Well, yeah, this is 1989. <laughs> like, holy shit. <laughs> this, is, this is, like, way too late. Uh, it's even more shocking that we'll, we'll get the 6, which was released in, like, 94. Which is even, which is even worse. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, this is when it's all dying, and it's chasing trends that just don't exist anymore. And it is, I mean, I feel it's very much trying to, like, punish these women for ha and men for having sex. Like, it's trying to do that. Not necessarily, like, that was the intent of the director, but they were trying to repeat those tropes because they think that's what the audience wants. Um very much how a lot of people mistook Halloween, the original, for saying that, which is not what the original film was saying at all. It was what all the imitators were saying. But, like, we see so much, like, uh, big franchise filmmaking, uh, especially nowadays, with uh, producers being like, well, this is what the audience wants, so we got to give it to them. Uh, like, uh, I, I hate to go to back to DC stuff real quick, but, like, Justice League is basically unwatchable to me. Uh, but a lot of people came out, saying like you know oh, it's more like the comic superman and i'm just like who gives who a fuck gives a shit? like who like, gives a shit like i don't care about that i never thought this version of superman was good but it's not that it was different it was just that it was poorly although, done you could have done something you, interesting you, with like that. you said you've come around to like batman v superman right yeah I, I i'll never even say like it's good probably but i i do find it i think like, i've said this but i have never been able to sit through it uh, I mean that's that's fine. I'm not gonna. Knock I, but I'm that. not like not in a like like here. I was like fast forwarding through the shit because I'm like Jesus Christ just end. Like there was, yeah. was so boring. But like Batman v Superman, it's like such an assault. Like I don't know what it is. Like I I get like it it starts to like hurt to keep watching it. <laughs> well, that's what I felt during I this. I get a headache. But uh, it, it yeah, it, it is different. I don't know. Like yeah, whatever. Um, but like, uh, this is movie such a mess. Um, to bring it back to Rachel's death, though, uh, she was originally supposed to get scissors shoved down her throat, and then they, uh, she, the actress said, "No, I won't do that." Yeah, well, so she, good, good for her. Do they ever find out she's gross. dead? Uh, Jamie finds her body the same way Laura oh, finds yeah, her friends in the house. That at was the end. her at the end. Yeah. Okay, I, that's, uh, I was fucking checked out. Like, I I can't blame you. Like, no, that's that's gross. Here's the thing: I have a and... full page of notes, and but it's all about stuff in the beginning. And literally, I wrote "Enter the Man in Black," and then I just stopped because I couldn't, oh god I couldn't like that was when like I just checked out. Like after that scene, nothing really stuck with me. Did, did Halloween Five like present the uh, the bullshit sequel bait sequels like like the idea that the sense that it'll set up stuff with no explanation or purpose uh, for its own standalone story, but for someone else to carry on? I think so because I, I saw interviews with the filmmakers and they were saying like we had no idea what any of this meant. In fact. Like, you got that 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 cult marking on on the wrist, uh, the the man in black. Uh, there's probably something else, but he is just thrown in. At, and I, from what I understand, like like they were interviewing the crew. This I saw a documentary about the making of four and five, and they didn't interview the director. I guess the director wants nothing to do with it. 
I can't imagine why. He's kind of blamed for it, but I and I don't think he deserves any credit, really. Other than some visually interesting moments in this movie. This movie looks all right um, uh, when it's not overlit. Uh, yeah. the, stuff, the night stuff during the finale actually The night looks, stuff, looks and there's okay. kind of like some dreamy sequences that look all right, but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, like, you know, like some people walk out of like, again, I'm, I, I'm sorry to keep bringing it up, like a Zack Snyder film. And they'll be like, oh, his, his movies don't actually mean anything. It's bullshit. And I've, I felt that way in the past. I have a new respect for Zack Snyder. <laughs> like, he, like, honestly, he is, he has intentions with what he's doing that maybe either I don't understand or they just don't work. I'm willing to bet I probably just don't get it. Uh, but here it was very much like it's, you know, I don't want to be like, you know, casual film goer guy, but like there's, there's no reason for a lot of the, like the dream like logic of this film. There's no artistic meaning behind it. Like they do a ton of POV shots in this movie and it's literally just because the first Halloween did POV shots and it gets frustrating. Um, yeah. But like I said, they interviewed the crew and they just said, yeah, one day we were just like, hey, we're filming a new scene and it's this guy getting off a bus. And they just like, they threw it in like at the 11th hour. Um, it was not what was intended. Um, so I don't, I have no idea what they were going for with this. Uh, nor does it really matter. Again, the saving grace of this film is Dr. Loomis. Because... A moment after uh, Rachel is murdered, although we don't know she's murdered, Loomis confronts Jamie, who's still having, like, weird visions, and is, like, basically, almost violently shakes her. So you gotta tell me, Jamie, we can find him! <laughs> like, and he's, like, attacking this girl, and she's mute, and she's, like, clearly terrified of him. Uh, and uh, according to uh, the actress... Um, Danielle Harris, uh, she realized years later that, uh, she smelled bourbon on his breath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, you know what? I don't blame him. <laughs> God bless you, Donald Pleasance. Yeah. Um, he, he can do whatever he wanted. Um, shout, by the way, Donald Pleasance, uh, episode of Columbo, any port in the storm was recently voted the best Columbo episode. So. Oh, uh, I also want to give Donald Pleasance another nice shout-out, because he only did two weeks of filming on this movie, mm -hmm. I believe, and after his weeks were done, he gave Danielle Harris uh, his much, much larger trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so her and her mother could stay there, because I guess they only had, like, a small little space, and she got yeah. most of the stuff. I think she, she yeah, got most she of the probably, screen time. Uh, she not had a lot to one do, of those, but, like... You know. If you've ever been to a film set where it's, like, those trailers where it's like three trailers put in the one mm -hmm. have you seen it you know what i'm talking yeah, about yeah, yeah it's literally like a bathroom size um I, I worked on a film um like that shout out to actress missy Pyle, who was one of the nicest actresses i've ever met <laughs> um you'd recognize her she's been in a ton of stuff she's the she's the alien that comes back with them in galaxy quest so dr loomis com is completely losing it throughout the film uh there's a whole middle chunk that does not matter. <laughs> Again, oh, like, God. We, we are skipping over an hour of boring shit. You're welcome. Uh, Diego, you alluded to the scene where 
uh, Michael Myers is pretending to be Tina's boyfriend in the car, which is really awkward. I hate um, it so much. And he was supposed to wear a Ronald Reagan mask, which might have saved that scene. Yeah, that 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 might have that might have saved it for me. I would have been into that, just like on the principle yeah. of. Uh, Although, wait a minute, this is '89. Like, the Reagan, like it's it's HW now. <laughs> Like, I get that Reagan had, like, a lasting impact, but we, everyone collectively stopped making W. Bush jokes the moment he was out of office. And again, the, the point, like, the weird, like, gender stuff in this, the vision Jamie has is of a store where it's, like, there's a poster of a woman holding two cookies in front of her breasts. Fucking God. Yeah. And when they have her describe it, like, she goes, like, for a second, uh, big... Women and I was just like, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. It was what happened, you know. And then, like, like I should also happen? mention it was, that was actually a pretty hysterical moment when they do figure out where she is, which is all it, honestly that was so ludicrous that they could figure it out, but whatever. Yeah. And then, like, seven cop cars show up, <laughs> <laughs> like they like come from every direction at the same time. It's like a comedy beat. Um, again, that's where like the movie kind of teeters into like actual like funny territory but then it just sucks um and that's oh that's when we get to a really infuriating moment which is that they they bring tina in they go like oh she's safe we got her away and then she immediately goes back out yeah i i hated that i hate all of this and it's like it's so like just the way it's written it's so insulting like i can't tell if the guy who wrote this like thinks he's being super pro sex or if he genuinely has like problems with women you know because no. like, like oh like jamie's like jamie is like on the verge of tears crying like begging tina not to leave well no not only that uh because at that moment when they they reconvene and she says like tina she speaks for the first time in the movie like, that's kind of nice. Like, I don't get the relationship between those characters and that, that much history but like whatever there's nothing between those two yeah but it works from the two actresses being together. I, I think they had something that could have been expanded upon. Daniel uh, Harris well. is the one who sells it. Daniel Harris is like is awesome. One of the great child actresses. But no, okay, like it's crazy that like after she starts leaving, Tina doesn't look like she's crying. She's like, "Oh, you're fine. I'll be back later. Well, I promise." And then when she's going down the stairs, she's wiping away tears. But before that, it was just like. No, I'm good. I'm gonna go get it on. Well, then she's wiping away tears, and Dr. Loomis, like, runs up to her, is like, you can't leave! <laughs> and, and then it's just hysterical. She, like, calls him a creep. And it's Which, like, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, she's totally justified. <laughs> but, like, she's emotionally, like, she seems like, oh, she's kind of had an emotional moment. She kind of just wants to get away from everything. But then she goes, like, like, he says something about, like, she's acting irresponsible, and she's like, I never try to act responsible when I can, <laughs> and then runs out. Yeah. Like, like she goes, <laughs> like, like all over the place emotionally. That's, I blame direction on that. I'm blaming the director, because he's basically the one guy I've, I haven't seen an interview with. He's just in hiding. I have seen interviews with him from the set, and they're very awkward. There's, there's one moment where he describes, like, how the kills are shot in his film. And he like he like realizes halfway through his thought that it's not that interesting. <laughs> He's like, we see we, it's like a cat and mouse, and we see the mouse, and we see the cat, and we are aware of the cat, and uh, 
Yeah. Like, it's literally that. Like, I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> and speaking of which, like, one more thing before we get to the ending. Uh, Michael Myers is driving a lot in this film. Uh, like, that just feels awkward. He kills the bumbling trombone police. I would have liked to have seen that one. Yeah, that's probably the the, the kills we would have wanted to see. But that's also, they almost shoot those teenagers who pull, like, the worst prank imaginable. Oh, yeah. My God, this... That whole middle is just unbearable. There's so much badness in it. Like, I'm. You know what? I'm not even gonna dig into it. There's a lot of bad stuff in the middle. All right. That's this is the movie though where I realized there is a structure of these Halloween films that all of them follow really, which is you can divide them into three parts. Which is Michael Myers escapes and gets ready, which is usually which in the original Halloween is like a super long part of that film and that's what makes that movie so effective and then the middle is ancillary characters get murdered and that and the problem with this film is that that's the longest part of this movie and then the third part is final showdown with michael that's what all of these films do yep but like i don't even have the energy anymore i also talk about the ending after but no no, uh, no i think we we can go into the ending i mean like, what? I can't... Oh, Michael Myers chases people with the car at one point, and there is a behind-the-scenes scene where the actress playing Tina almost gets fucking killed. Jesus. Rips and the car, like, fucking almost runs her over. And... And, like, she's genuinely frightened, and, like, the whole crew, like, freaks out. If you if you have the 25th anniversary, like, do- documentary, I think you can see that clip on it. It's genuinely upsetting. And what makes it even more upsetting is that Jamie, the little girl, Daniel Harris is getting chased by the car in it. And it's very clear that it's her in a lot of those scenes. And she is really close to that car. You know? Yeah. Oh, like, God, holy no, fuck. If, so, like, if she, if she trips, she's dead. And I, and I doubt the guy in the Michael Myers mask fucking driving the car can see very well. Like that, like I just can't imagine. Imagine someone dying for this piece of shit. Like, fuck that. Anybody who's like, well, you know, the director's gotta like get their art or whatever. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, no, no movie is more important than a human being yeah. or, or safety procedures. No, so don't go fuck yourself. Are you out of your mind? Those are people who say that are people who have never like worked <laughs> or like you know they've yeah. worked hard and they think because it was hard that everyone deserves to be it deserves to be that hard for everyone, you know. Think I don't know you know I totally lost what was going on in this movie by the end, um, but it, it thankfully it simplifies it which we find out the cops have left and this one other cop that stays which I want to point out that cop is played by an actor named Troy Evans who you've probably seen in like a dozen things. Uh, he it was bothering me watching it, and he's an Ace Ventura pet detective. <laughs> and uh, he was on he was on Twin Peaks. He's in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. He was in The Frighteners. He, he's a, he's like a character actor. He's been around a while. A while. Um, and it was nice seeing him. And he's like, "Okay, Jamie, we're gonna go." And Loomis walks into the room. He's like, "Doctor Loomis," and Loomis locks the door. <laughs> no, no, we're staying. And he's like, "Loomis, you have to get out of the way." Loomis pulls a gun again. <laughs> It's like Michael Myers is coming. We have to be ready. It's like I'm gonna face him here, and so he's gonna use the little girl as bait. And 
This is it. This is when it goes completely off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> like he's clearly lost it. it it's. I mean, no. I'm not even going to go into detail. There's a part where, like that cop, of course, does not make it. <laughs> I mean, and he's so nice. He's the yeah, he's the nice, he's so guy. nice, he's nice little girl. He's the most human character in this entire fucking movie. And he gets fucking hung out a window. Jamie gets away somehow, and Loomis comes barreling back into the picture. And that's when he really loses it. <laughs> Which is saying he takes her hostage and is like, Michael, I have her. I'm here, Michael. <laughs> He's using this little girl as bait. And she's just like crying she, in his she arms. She's crying and screaming, and he's coming. And Michael is walking slow, like too slow for Michael Myers. Even it was that was a little ridiculous. Like Michael walks slow, but he doesn't like fucking like tiptoe. <laughs> but it turns out it was to trick Michael Myers into <laughs> he, Michael Myers. He, Lewis lures him into a film where he has rigged a chain net <laughs> on the ceiling. Drops him and then he pulls out a fucking gun with a tranquilizer and just keeps shooting him. He doesn't care if he's going to inject too much to kill him. He hits him like three times, which would probably kill any human being. And then Michael Myers eventually gets the gun away. Jamie is crying in the corner. When Loomis is disarmed, he, on the spot... He improvises, rips a board of wood out of the window <laughs> and starts beating him and just yelling, die, die. <laughs> it was so amazing. It was, that was incredible. <laughs> And <laughs> seriously, just watch that. It is unbelievable. It is the best thing I've watched all day. Like, just that scene. Again, this is a bad movie that I do not recommend, but I recommend that last scene. That almost makes the movie worth it. This is the crazy. This is crazy Loomis at his finest because he'll never get this crazy again. This is the craziest he ever was, and he'll never be this crazy again. Um, and it was it was beautiful. Um, <laughs> we should mention that on the set when this scene was filmed, um, Donald Pleasance uh, when they when they cut, <coughs> Donald Pleasance turned to the actor playing uh, Michael Myers and he said, "Oh, now it makes sense. I abused you." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so he gets it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had to have understood it because he commits to screaming, die! Just as he's like hitting him with a bit of wood. Was... And, and again, again, I have to point out what makes him amazing is he did not have that wood ready. He rips it off the window. In the moment, that's what he improvised. <laughs> die die it's what saves this film from being something where like I would you know otherwise I'd be like don't watch it at all but unfortunately that should have been where it ended unfortunately we get attacked on epilogue which is one of the worst endings ever oh yeah now we're back to this shit 
at the time of my life, just remembering die, that visual. Die. Now I gotta remember. Also, this is the second movie in a row where uh, or police station is just wiped out. And both times we don't see it. Which is like a major missed opportunity. Like, this one makes a little more sense that we don't see it, but again, it's still idiotic. So it's also dumb to just see Michael Myers in a jail cell. Oh, yeah, that's a weird visual. With, with his mask on, by the way. Yeah, it's like watching Dracula in the daylight. Like, it just doesn't work. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's just bad. But I guess what we should say is that Michael Myers is in prison, and then there's this, like, cowboy-looking dude that we've seen, like, once before who's walking around, and he shows up, and he breaks Michael Myers out of prison. And we end with Jamie. It, Jamie wanders into the police station. All the police are dead. Michael Myers is gone. Uh, Meeker is dead. I think I believe they show Sheriff Meeker's body. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Even if they don't, he's dead. Yeah, he doesn't come back. I think they show his body though, and uh, she kind of looks into the jail cell, and then very clearly added at the last minute with ADR, she says no. Like she starts repeating no to herself, kind of like how Doctor Loomis did it at the end of. uh, Also, what the fuck, Loomis? Where were you? Like oh yeah no he 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 has like a stroke or something while he's beating Michael to death oh okay <laughs> and then he just falls face first on top of Michael I forgot about the stroke all right that makes yeah. that scene even better because <laughs> that's amazing like that's why he could never be topped you know because Donald Pleasance did unfortunately pass away it would never be mm. topped because he just he just gives he just, up it, he, like his body gives he out. stopped him he stopped Michael Myers and his body immediately ceased. <laughs> Like, he did the one thing God could have on this earth to do. Um, and, although, still, a better ending would be Myers gets broken out of prison, Jamie sees this, and then Loomis, in the hospital, comatose, wakes up and goes, no! And that's it. You know what? Sure. Why the fuck not? That's that's how it should have ended. Cause like, like he, like, no, you know what? He should be dead. Like he should be on the slab <laughs> at the coroner's office. <laughs> but the moment Michael lives, he wills himself back to life. <laughs> now. <laughs> um, so yeah. And then we will have to wait five years to figure out what the fuck that ending was about. And, and even still, no one's quite And yeah, sure. and we'll never get a good answer. And what we have is not what we want. There's no upside to what we get. Oh, well. That was Halloween 5, everyone. Woo! Like, an hour and ten minutes of just, like, shit. And then 20 minutes of, like, okay, oh, this the is hilarious. funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and, and, again, watch that bit. Um... Or maybe if Diego has the time, which he might not. I might just, just put just it in. Consi- constantly splice it in. Die! 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 Michael! Die! Next up is Halloween 6, and we will be discussing both versions. Uh, there's probably some compare and contrast videos on YouTube, but who cares? We're, you're already listening to us, so, you know. Matt, where can people find you? Um, find me at EmperorOTN at Twitter.com and YouTube.
You can find me at twitter.com at D-E-W-G-O Waffles, Waffle Press, on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Like and subscribe. If you didn't like this, like and subscribe anyways because you might find something they do like. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We've been professionally unprofessional. Die! 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 Ha <laughs> <laughs>